Welcome to The Nathan Berry Show, Episode 3. Today I get to share with you one of my favorite product creation and launch stories, really I've ever heard. This comes from my friend Sean. He read Authority, he was going to be successful no matter what, but I had the privilege of helping him out in a few areas with his launch, and we get into all of his launch numbers, so make sure to listen to that. The other thing to listen for is the story that he tells of where he was willing to pay me $1,000 for just one email that I sent him. It's a fun interview. I hope you enjoy it. Sean, how's it going? Hey, Nathan. It's going really well. Thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. So I want to tell your story today and uh, just talk about creating products and how you know you kind of make that transition from uh, consulting to really making an awesome living from from selling your own training products. Um, but before we get into that, why don't you tell people just a little bit about uh, what you're doing now and then we'll get into your backstory. Yeah, sure thing. Right now, I just got done launching my Learn Lettering courses and my main focus, in addition to my twice-a-week podcast, is writing a book called The Overlap Technique. And this book is basically a, a calculated guide to pursuing your passion full-time and making a living from it. So I, my plan is to use this as kind of a way to establish myself in the the book writing world because it's the first book that I'm doing. So I, I want to give it away for free because I plan to write a ton more books and I'm, I'm actually going to use this kind of as a, a lead magnet in a way just to kind of get people in and show them everything else that I have to offer. So since, since the courses that launch went so well, I'm kind of using that uh, as a way to support me in this, in this period of, of writing the book, which I'm, I'm trying to get done over the course of about three months right now. Nice. So you've got the Learn Lettering course, um, your blog, your podcast, and with the Learn Lettering course, basically, well, if people want to see that, because it's it's best uh, described visually, I guess, all of your lettering work, but it's basically custom typography and posters and all of that hand-drawn, and uh, there's plenty of examples at seanwest.com slash lettering, which is basically your, your portfolio, I guess. Right. Um, and so you have this fantastic skill that you've been honing over the last, how long have you been, been doing hand lettering? It's really, I mean, in the big picture, not that long, just since 2010. So four years now. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, but you've been doing design for longer than that, right? Yes. Design for about 10 years now. Okay. Yeah. So you've had, you've been crafting that way of thinking and that way of seeing the world for a long time, but that particular, you know, working with typography on paper has, is relatively new. Yeah, pretty new. I, I was doing web design previously and I, I was running a web firm and starting to get into lettering stuff. I mean, I'd always drawn letters as a kid. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of weird drawing letters on my homework and stuff while all my artistic friends were doing, you know, watercolors or still life or things like that. I didn't even know what typography was. I was just enjoying drawing letters. And it wasn't until I met another guy, uh, Kyle Steed. He's an illustrator from Dallas, Texas. I met him when he came down to San Antonio one time, and he was looking for other designers in the area. And he looked up San Antonio designers 
on Dribble, and back then I was the only one. And so he reached out to me. He's like, hey, do you want to grab coffee or something? And at the time I was like, oh, my gosh, Kyle Steed, you know, he's this amazing illustrator. It's amazing that he's reaching out to me right now. I said, sure. So we go to a coffee shop, and he just kind of poured out his passion and inspired me. And it was like, hey, you, you know, you like this lettering stuff? Go after it. And I was like, wow, I didn't even... It's so it's so silly. Like we get so caught up in our, our own worlds and our own bubbles of uh, what I call bubbles of awesomeness. You know, we follow the cream of the crop and all of these cliche phrases like "do what you love." They're, they're they're just that cliche phrases. But for some of us, you know, there's there's always that first time where you're like, "Wow, as a job, I could actually do something that I enjoy doing, not just focus on you know what's going to make me money." And so I, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to pursue this." for the sake of the passion, just for fun. So I'm doing the web design stuff during the day. And then in the evenings, I just started creating lettering. This wasn't for making money or making products or trying to get clients. I was just making lettering for fun, you know, enjoying it and putting this up online, you know, on portfolios and stuff. And gradually people started noticing the work because I was really prolific, just putting out stuff all the time. And it was kind of two different audiences for it. There were the people that liked the work that I was doing because I, I kind of use lettering as a form of voice. So I, I like to write, you know, so I, I use lettering to speak what I want to say. And and these quotes and phrases were really resonating with people. And they were saying, I want this on prints. I want it on t-shirts. Where can I buy this? And at the same time, I was getting people that wanted me to do custom type logos for their business and things like that. So gradually, I I built up kind of both audiences simultaneously, which was nice. It was two ways to kind of supplement my income. And eventually, after several years, kind of hibernated the web firm and took that full time. Yeah. So you started putting lettering up online in 2010? Yes. So right after you meet this other designer, he says, you know, go work on the thing that you actually really care about. And what it sounds like to me you did is instead of working on this hobby quietly, you know, off in the corner, not sharing it, you all of a sudden started putting it online and, and almost took that permission that he gave you and, you know, started sharing it with the world. Yeah, it re- it really was. That's a great way to put it permission. So I guess one thing, all of this wouldn't have really have come about if you had kept all this work to yourself. I think a huge, really important thing here is that, you know, you put it up online and I'm just, I'm flipping back through pages and pages of your hand lettering portfolio and it just goes back a long time. You've put a lot of work up on here. I'm on page 10 and it just still. (laughs) That's that's the curated stuff too, right? I mean, you should see the physical stacks of papers I have. I mean, you would, you would measure them in inches, not sheets. Yeah. So you've, you've been producing a huge volume of work and as you do it, you've been sharing it with anyone who's interested. Yeah. I think that's kind of the difference between, um, what I'm doing and, you know, there's a lot of people trying to make money online by teaching you to make money online. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, you know, I was doing this for the, for the sake of the passion and just putting work out there cause I enjoyed it. And it, it kind of turned into this thing, you know, so people, they start seeing me as the lettering guy, because that's what I started sharing. I was curating that. And so they think of me that way, which means they come to me when they have questions. So, hey, what tools do you use? How do I get started? How do I build my 
my compositions for my designs. And I, I kept getting so many questions. I was getting probably five emails a day through my contact form, just people asking almost all of the same questions. So I, I was like, you know what? I need to put a guide up. I put a guide up. And within the course of a year, uh, I think it was about 250,000 people had read that guide. Wow. And, and all of this is really a function of working in public. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Iterating in public. Yeah. So you, you put the guide up. Uh, around the same time, you're, you're closing down or taking fewer clients for the web design firm. Um, does that mean that most of your revenue at that time is coming from uh, uh, contract projects for lettering and custom logos? Yes. So I started out first taking on custom commissions. And since I had the web firm as a day job, it was already paying my bills. So any money that I made from these commissions, I was investing that into product runs. So making t-shirts and prints, you know, the printers require these large minimum runs. And I, I, I'm just big on quality. So I wasn't about to go through one of those automated systems that prints on, you know, cheap fabric or, or cheap stock. And, and lets you get 10 t-shirts at a time or something like that. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I just kind of invested the money and then built it up that way. So eventually I had this, this set of inventory that was selling pretty regularly and also clients coming in, you know, I'm gradually increasing my rate. So I had products and client work to support me when I went full time with that. Yeah. So was a, the, a t-shirt your first product or did you start with prints? A t-shirt was my first product. Okay. Which one was it? That was the, the one that says a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. And that's, it actually continues to be the best selling one. I think we've sold out four or five times and gotten a few wholesale orders. Excellent. I'll put a link to that one in the show notes. Um, so how, talk about getting that started the very first time. Uh, how many uh, t-shirts did you have to get in that first run? How much money did you have to put up, up, up front? Share some of those numbers. I bought, I believe it was 48 was the, was the quantity that I needed to do. And it might've been somewhere in the range of like a couple thousand dollars. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like a ton, a ton of money, but w when you're just starting out and you're investing your own money, it, it felt like just <laughs> this huge investment. And fortunately it came back, you know, like the, the, the profit margin isn't, isn't quite like a digital product, but it's still pretty decent. So, I mean, you sell maybe like half of your inventory and you're pretty much, you know, breaking even. Mm -hmm. So did you pre-sell any of those shirts before you did the, the run or did you just trust that, uh, people are going to want it? I didn't. And you know, that's a good point because it, this isn't, this wasn't me being blind, you know, just hoping that people buy what my favorite design was. But because of the fact that I'm putting this work out there all the time on places like Instagram and dribble, I can actually gauge the interest based on the like count and based on the number of comments. I, I, I wait till, you know, five, 10, 20 people of their own volition are saying, can I get this on a t-shirt? Not me saying, would you buy this on a t-shirt? Cause that's still different, you know? And even, even then, you know, maybe two to 5% of the people that say they'd buy it actually end up buying it. Right. So I, I tell people, look, wait until two to 5% of the people that say they want to buy this will, um, actually make up whatever your minimum run is or whatever you need to break even in, in the amount of time that you have to break even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then 
um, how how many more products in the store did you get out? Like, was that, I guess, over the say the next year or so? Hmm. I, I I gradually grew the store, so it's kind of gradually grown over the course of three or four years now. I, I was originally thinking that's what I was going to do. I, I was thinking, you know, I, I want to get shirts in a bunch of stores and stuff, and then it, it, everything kind of took a shift when when that that one particular guide started getting all this interest because I was still I was still like I said, you know, selling these products, doing some commission work. And then realizing, look, I've got all these people that are interested in learning from me. Like, yeah, they like my work. Yeah, they want to hire me. But the vast majority of my audience wants to learn how to do what I do. And I'm not capitalizing on that at all. Right. And so I, I spent about a year. This is after I, I transitioned out of the web firm job. I spent about a year saving up my money, just working super hard. I mean, just ridiculous hours. Like I was majorly burnt out and I was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta just, I gotta get out of this. So I phased out of client work in 2013, like the beginning of 2013. Okay. And that was with the intention of creating what is now learn lettering. So those, those series of courses. So I, I saved up a bunch of money to the point where I had enough to support me and pay my bills for six months. Nice. How much money is that? At the time, I think our bills were between two thousand and twenty five hundred a month. So times six was that fifteen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you saved up fifteen thousand dollars. You're ready yes. to focus on this. You've yes. got you've got the guide up that was at Seanwest.com slash learn. Yeah, so good uh, good point there. It's just totally totally free, right? It's just on the site. Here it is. You can read it. This isn't one of those kind of, you know, opt in to get my my guide. I just put it up there and I think that played a huge role in uh not only like the SEO value, which I'm I'm not like a, a hardcore SEO guy, but I'm aware of it at least enough to kind of leverage it, but not just the SEO, but the virality of that. I mean, if you've got a landing page where people can opt in to get something. Yeah, someone might share that, but it's not going to be shared like this hugely valuable guide that's just right here out in the open, you know, go to this page and read it. Mm -hmm. So you, for the for a long time, I think for almost a year, you didn't even have an email opt-in on that page, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, I had no idea about email lists or anything like that. Yeah, so you're just getting all this all this traffic. And then, yeah, tons of traffic and not not like I didn't even I didn't even think about it. Like I didn't didn't even know. So then what changed? Cuz at some point you learn about email lists and you you change this this free guide to be uh behind a email opt-in. Yeah, okay, so growing our list like crazy. So talk talk about that. Right. So at some point I must have heard somewhere, some podcast or, or some article like, Hey, you need to start an email list. I was like, Oh, so I, I put an opt in on that actual guide page. So this was, this was right before I had started making the courses, but I put a guide, I'm sorry, I put an opt in on that guide page and I was getting about 25 subscribers a day just, just because that page was getting traffic. And this wasn't even like a very strategically placed opt-in. It was just kind of somewhere in the middle. It wasn't at the top. It wasn't at the bottom. It was just like, oh, by the way, if you want to hear when I have some new tutorials, sign up. 
Okay. And, and so I was getting 25 a day and I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like I'm super happy with that, you know? And then when I wanted to put out that I was going to be making these courses, I spent about three months of the time. Um, I don't know if I had quite faced out of the day job yet, but I spent about three months designing and writing the copy for and arranging this announcement page for learn lettering. And the way I look at it is it's basically like a press release. I, I wrote it and designed it as if the product had already been developed and I was explaining and selling to people why they should buy this. So I spent a really long time on that. I, I call it backwards building, where I basically say this is exactly what the product's going to be and I make the promise that it's going to do X and I put it out there that it's going to do X and then that simultaneously tells the potential customer exactly what they're going to get, why they should sign up, and it sets for myself this kind of goal, this, this point where I have to end up. So I haven't even built the product yet, but I'm saying what it's going to be. So I put, this, I put this overview page up. Here's everything that Learn Lettering is going to be. This was a, it was like six or 8,000 pixel tall website or, yeah. or page design and I had the opt-in box at the very, very bottom. So, you know, everyone's like, you got to have it above the fold. You got to have it at the top. No, forget that. And this is six or 8,000 pixels tall. I've got opt-in at the very bottom. So I'm replacing the page that had my guide on it. It previously had the guide there. So all of the links, all of the traffic's already coming to this page from the guide that I had up for a year that people are sharing because it's not behind a paywall. Well, now I package that guide up into a PDF that I give to people as a lead magnet for signing up. So, hey, you want to hear about Learn Lettering? Sign up, get a discount at the launch, and also get this introductory lettering guide for free when you sign up. So what happens to daily email subscribers when you switch out <laughs> that page? For I freaked, I freaked out because I thought it was, was going to be worse. Or I thought may, maybe the fact that I'm announcing something new might give it a little bit of a boost, but I'm also putting it behind an opt-in. So, you know, it's probably, maybe it'll stay at 25, maybe it'll go to 30. <laughs> well, it, it goes up to 60 a day. Wow. And then the next month, it's 70. The next month, it's 90. The next month, it's 105 average. Average. I mean, sometimes it's 170. Sometimes it's 80. 105 average a day for an entire month leading up to the actual launch. Wow. So that's for people who are saying, I want this free guide that now I can only get by putting in my email address. But I also want to hear about this paid guide that you have coming out. Right. So for how long were you were you building the list before you actually launched? I put up that announcement page in November of 2013 and I ended up mar uh, <laughs> I ended up marching. I ended up launching in March of 2014. Okay. So, so about half a year. Yeah. And how big was that email list when you launched? That was 15,000 when I launched. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic email list to launch. Really your first training product too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was blown away. So I think that just speaks to the power of putting out what's effectively the definitive guide on a topic online for free on a page with no opt-in or cause you could have done, uh, you could have done it a little differently and 
had the whole guide up on the page for free. Because I think you're right that that not having it behind a, a you know an email wall got you a lot more traffic and links that otherwise you know that you may or may not have gotten otherwise. Not to uh, mention, I mean, people might be hearing this and saying, "Well, okay, you're getting 25 subscribers a day when the guide is just up there and anyone can read it." But once you put it behind this opt-in, look, now you're getting a hundred. That that must mean that it drives opt-in, so I should put my stuff behind an opt-in. Not necessarily. You have to. You also have to consider the the social proof aspect here, because I'm able to say on this page, two hundred thousand people have read this guide. Right. So you could take a hybrid approach, which you started to do later on, which is put away, put some amazing, really detailed content. I mean, it's so good that it could be the the chapter in a published book, you know. And you could so you give that away for free, and then at the end. You can give away something else of equal quality that's behind an email opt-in. And then I think that's kind of capitalizing on the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think you could do that. So that's, you know, I've done that a lot in guest posts that I write for other sites. Like I, I did one for Smashing Magazine where, you know, I wrote this like four and a half thousand word post on, on product launches. And then at the end of that, I basically say, okay. You just read this entire thing all the way to the end. Uh, you know, I don't want your education on product launches to end here. So why don't you go sign up for the for this free course that I have? And I guarantee it's you know just as much or more valuable content than what you just read. Mm-hmm. And so that you know that that one guest post that I wrote got me over a thousand email subscribers. Wow! And so I think that technique of giving away all kinds of great content you know, asking absolutely nothing and then offering an equal amount of great content, you know, for an email opt-in. I I think that can work to just grow an email list like crazy. And and it just sets the expectation of, wow, this guy's going to continue to to deliver incredible value. And on the note of continuing to deliver incredible value, you can let me know if this is outside of the scope, but I'm I'm somewhat curious. You get this opt-in, someone's read your 4,000 word post, they opt-in, they want more from you. What what are what are you giving them in terms of more? Are are you emailing them regularly? Do you have a schedule? Are you letting them know? Is it an autoresponder series? Like yeah. I said, it might be might be outside the scope, but it might be interesting to briefly touch on just because I, I think people end up asking that a lot. Yeah. So in that case, it's an autoresponder series of I think it's a ten part um, you know email course that goes out over like twenty five days or so, and it just some of the t- you know there's some overlap between what. Uh, what the first blog post covered, but it just goes into so much more detail because I think that 10 part email series is more like 10 or 12,000 words. And so, Mm. you know, it just goes into much more detail. And then it also gives me a chance to, uh, you know, work in some really soft sells for some of my products. Like if someone wants to dive in specifically to learn about uh, writing and selling eBooks, you know, then they check out authority. Um, And so it's just a really great way to get people introduced to everything that I talk about and that I care about. So it it really, really is. And I can say this from personal experience because I have signed up and received that course. And I don't know if I've told you this personally, but I, I think it's, it's an interesting note of feedback. When I got your email course and then ended up buying your book authority, I, I remember reading things in certain chapters of the book and going, I feel like I've heard that somewhere before mm-hmm. and I realized it's because I, I heard it or I read it rather in the emails that you sent on the, the autoresponder. And my reaction wasn't one of, 
hey, this was stuff I already got for free. I'm mad that I'm now remembering it, reading it in this book I paid for. It was, it was a realization of, of the value that I've been getting all along. Like, oh, it's not just this free content. It's valuable content. And it's in this book that I paid for it. Like I was, I was happy to compensate you for that value. And I just, mm-hmm. I kind of found myself thinking like, hmm, that's, it was kind of interesting. Like I, I know there's, there's studies that say you have to hear something seven times for it to really resonate. And th- there's, there's a few interesting things about that. First of all, we feel like we, you know, we're in our own world. We feel like we're repeating ourselves all the time. But first of all, not everyone sees everything that we say, everything that we write. But also, even for the people that do, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of repetition because it kind of takes time for, for certain things to resonate. And that's another encouragement for people feeling like, I don't have anything that's, that's unique or new to say. Everything that I want to say, everything that I want to write has already been said before. There's already books been written by much smarter people on this topic before. Why should I be writing? Well, because of this rule of seven times, you may be someone's seventh time. Yep, absolutely. And I also like to remind people that all my best ideas, some of the things that I'm, well, let's, let's go in the, the book publishing uh, category. Two of the things that I'm relatively well known for are writing a thousand words a day and using multiple packages uh, to sell a book. Both of those I shamelessly stole from, from Chris Gillibo. He taught me both those things. They've made me tons of money. And, you know, I have to point back to him all the time, but uh, just because he was the one who taught me that originally doesn't mean that I can't go on and teach it to other people. In fact, it means even more so that I should uh, give credit to his ideas and, you know, pass it on to even more people because that's what teachers like him and myself and you would want to happen. You know, we want great ideas to get out there and we want to see people successful. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, if I talk about this other guy in my blog or my newsletter or my podcast, maybe my subscribers are going to go to him and pay him for something I could have done. Well, what you should be seeing it as is you've told someone something one time and your, your competitors or, you know, however you want to think it, think of it, people doing the same thing as you, they may just be putting credits into this person and they could end up coming back to you and you end up being the seventh time. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's kind of, it's kind of weird, but I find it helpful to think of it that way. Yeah, that's good. So going back to our timeline of, of your guide launch, I think you were about two or three months out from launch when I came across your guide for the first time. Can I tell the story? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So I like to call this the story of how Nathan Berry added five figures to my launch revenue. <laughs> so I, I've been subscribed to Nathan. I, I, get his emails. I bought his book authority and uh, you know, I, I get my, my daily MailChimp uh, email that says, you know, some people su- subscribe to your list. In this case, 107 people subscribe to your list. Here's five of them. And I look in the, the five that are in that email preview and there's Nathan Barry's face. I'm like, hang on, what's going on here? Like I've been following you, you know, so I, I feel like I, like I know you, I read your stuff. I get your emails. I'm like, and Nathan subscribed to learn lettering. And I'm thinking he must, maybe he, he saw that I bought his book and he's checking up on me or something like what's going on here. So I, I, I emailed you and I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm overdue for a thanks because I've gotten a lot out of your material. And you know, and I, I have said 
thank you with my wallet because I bought authority. But I just wanted to say in person that, you know, thank you. This has really helped me a lot. And I noticed that you subscribed. I was just wondering how you came across this. And it, I think it turned out that you had you come across it organically on Dribble or something. Is yeah, that right? That's right. I came across um, a post that you had on Dribble. It was actually basically the logo for uh, the learn lettering mm-hmm. course. You know, your little notebook and um, with the pencils next to it. Um, and I came across that on Dribble, and I just thought, wow, this guy has got it together. One, it was a really popular post on Dribble. Um, so it might have even been in the like the popular tab that I was going through or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I clicked through, and the first thing I noticed is like, you know, it was at seanwest.com slash learn. And I thought, man, I love that this guy is putting his course on his own domain. It's not on some separate domain. And I like, you know, just this nice clean URL. Like, these are the things I'm noticing. I'm like, oh, this is so good. And I'm going down through the page, and this is the one that describes the course and has the opt-in. And then I'm thinking, oh, man, this is beautiful that, you know, he's got all this information and then a really compelling pitch for put in your email address to get this free guide as well as your updates. And and so I'm just going through this going, man, this guy's good. I got to like, you know, a lot of the stuff is like what I would do. And this is going to be some great examples that, I'm, you know, I'm going to use for teaching later. You know, I was just super impressed. I've got the email pulled up right here. So I I sent you this big, long email. It's like eight paragraphs long. And I'm like, hey, how did you find out about this? So you tell me you find it on Dribbble. And you said, when I clicked through to the landing page, my thought was, nice. This is exactly how I would do it. (laughs) And and then you go on to explain the the URL and all of that. Um, So you say, thanks for reaching out. Congrats on hitting 10,000 subscribers. That's a big milestone. Let me know if you want help planning your launch. That's how you conclude the email. Yeah. And then where'd things go from there? So from there, I, l- I let you know. I said, hey, uh, I've got about 10 courses that I want to do. And in my mind, I had done a Skillshare course in the past where it, it was you know, several lessons. It's basically teaching this one thing. And I, I, I wanted to blow this up, you know, something like 10 times that scale, make it massive, Give give people everything around, you know, like the technical uh, aspects of creating lettering, but also the business knowledge to make money from from products and clients. So I'm I'm thinking big scale, but I'm also kind of limited in my thinking because of my experience with doing a Skillshare class. So I'm basically thinking I'm going to do these ten courses, and you could you could buy any one of them, or if you buy all of them, then I'll give you a little bit of a discount. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my initial thought. That's how I was thinking. It was kind of this this piecemealed option. Like here here's a bunch of stuff you can you can buy a few of them if you want. Well, and really, you know, you're giving the customer's choice, and, and normally people think that, think of that as a good thing, and you know, you can get exactly what you want and and piece together the perfect package, you know, for yourself as the buyer. Um, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all, actually. <laughs> So what I came back with was, you know, when you described that to me was, and this may not be surprising um, to people who have heard me say this before, you know, or talked about packages, but I said, no, 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 you need to eliminate choice and you need to go with, you know, clear cut packages and tell people, you know, this is what, uh, you know, you need to make decisions for people. And I was just coming off of launching my Photoshop course, 
And well, here, here, let, let, me, let me dive into the details here because I okay. think people that are listening to this probably will find it interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of present all of this to you. And you said, you know what? Um, I really think you'd be better off selling the whole course as one instead of each one for $29. It's, you said it's too confusing to buy it in parts. And, and I said, okay, here's, here's my concern. Um, if I make each course available on its own, then it automatically values the whole set. If I make it $29, if I value uh, each of them at $29, the whole set is automatically worth $290, which makes my $199 price look like a deal. And so I was concerned because at, at first you, you had said, you know, sell it all together as, as a whole course. I was concerned that there was no, there was no longer this, um, trying to think of the word here, like that there, it, it didn't have this sense of a deal. Because I didn't price anchoring. That's what I'm trying to think of. Right. You know, you, you come across this and it's just, okay, I could buy this or I could not buy this. I'd rather have it to be like, okay, now you understand that an individual course is worth 29. So getting 10 for 199 is a deal. Right. Yeah. So, so then you came back and you said, okay, yeah, like that, that's, that's a very good point. I would recommend selling it in three tiers. So you broke it down into what, what it is now, which is master class, intermediate class, and a starter class. So the master class has everything, and then the intermediate just has three of the courses, and the starter just has one. And so the starter with one being $29 effectively established the value of one course so people can do the math in their head and see that buying it all together actually saves them money. But I think the key here is what you told me in this email was, People want to know what order they should go through the tutorials. And see, in my, in my mind, I was thinking, well, it doesn't really matter. They, they, can, they can really go through it whatever order they want. And you said any order works is not an acceptable answer. You got to tell them, start here, then go here. And you said even if any order works is, and, and any order is fine, people want to be told what to do. And if they don't like your order, they could skip around, but provide a default is what you said. And that, that was kind of the epiphany for me. Yeah. And so, cause I had just launched my Photoshop course and which is in a particular order, you know, people go through it and I got so many emails from people saying, what order should I go through this course? And uh. I was like, um, the order that the videos are in, <laughs> you know, and that was my thinking. And, but I got enough emails of people, you know, they wanted like, a syllabus or a lesson plan or something like that. They wanted it to be, you know, crystal clear what order they should go through the course in. And so, you know, I had just been getting that feedback. And so when I saw your plan, I thought, no, 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 this is what people need direction. And exactly what you said, if they decide they want to skip over, you know, one of the sections, they can totally do that. But uh, you want to give them a place to start. Mm. So where, let's see, we're leading up to the launch. I'm, I'm just looking at this email thread. We were talking about this in, in early March. Um, and yes, yeah, so let, let me point something out. This is March 1st. I, I launched on March 24th, and that's a date that I had already put out there. And so at this point, I had not made the courses yet. This, wow. is Mar this is March 1st. I had announced it. I, I had defined what it was, had been building up the list in November of the year prior. This is March 1st, and I hadn't made the courses yet. And I know it sounds like incredibly foolish, 
but I, I was kind of purposefully waiting to make sure that I wasn't start, you know, if I had made a course back in November and then made, made some more in March, it just wouldn't feel cohesive. And so I was waiting until I could, I could do them all in batch. And I think just providentially you, you were instrumental in actually, uh, forming how I put these courses together. Cause it, it was more than just, I've got all of these courses and here's, here's the order I want to put them in. But I actually built the courses with that whole order in mind that you're talking about, you know, people want to go through an order. So I'm, I'm actually building that into the structure of the courses, like in the next series of courses, or like we talked about in the last course, you know, I'm actually building it in. Right. Whereas before they were going to be isolated lessons. Mm-hmm. So it's not only just like, you know, this should be position four, this should be position five, but that, that feedback, that advice actually informed the design of the material. Nice. Okay. So let's get into the part that you're completely crazy, um, by <laughs> not having, by having an email list of at this point between, you know, 12 and 15,000 people and, you know, ready to buy this course, you're 23 days out from lunch and you haven't started making the course yet what do those 23 days look like well this is kind of where i did something wrong in terms of marketing i should have been emailing these people regularly throughout those months and i was the, i was so caught up on when if i'm going to if i'm going to bother 15,000 people it better be something important and i'm thinking you know just talking about the product it, silly things like oh if i just told them what's going to be included that's not very good like i want to give them a, a full actually produced video lesson like give them a sample of what this is about and my my standard my bar was set so high that i didn't email them enough and and the problem was i didn't have the videos yet to give them a free sample until the very end so my launch my launch sequence really wasn't until the final two weeks. So that's what I did wrong. Yeah, I'm just looking now. We, ha- we have another email thread about that very topic. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, and actually, when we talk through your launch sequence in this email thread, I'm freaking out a little bit because I'm thinking, okay, you have this amazing list. You have, a, you know, the, this product that's going to be fantastic. But I'm worried that you haven't primed the list enough before the launch. And I've seen a lot of launches fail because, you know, people aren't aren't really expecting the product. And you replied with a screenshot of your uh, Gmail inbox that's just tons of people (laughs) responding to that first email and saying, basically, Sean, I can't wait. Sean, this is going to be awesome. Wow. I, Sean, I can't wait to buy this course. And so <laughs> I guess there are all these rules to putting together a product launch. And if you put out good enough material, you can, you can break some of them and still be successful. That's a fair point. I just have such a hard time. Think, like I, Instead of like, well, look how successful it was anyway. I'm like, think of how successful it could have been. <laughs> well, so the other thing is two weeks out, you, you did start... Um, contacting people about the launch. And, and you know what, the also it's, it's worth mentioning that I do have a decent, uh, following on social media, Mm -hmm. like Instagram, Twitter, dribble, Facebook. So I'm sure a lot of the people that are subscribed also see my regular lettering output 
in those other places. Right. Not that it's ideal, but it it might have helped. And did you have that launch date announced somewhere? No, I did. I did actually. Yeah, okay. I'd been saying it for a while. Okay, so so it may not have been as active a, as a launch sequence as I would have liked, but mm-hmm. you were still talking about it. And you know, if someone's following you on Instagram, they're going to see that post come up. You know, of some some new artwork that you make, and they're you know, it's not talking about your launch, but they're going to be thinking, okay, you know this is coming. They're going to make the connection if they already know about your launch date. Oh yeah. And they would too. They, it would be something totally unrelated. I just do a lettering of some quote and they'd be like, Hey, when are your courses coming out again? Or like, what's the pricing? You know, it, it, it just kind of triggers that in their mind. And so that's just another reason to be prolific in what you share and what work you put out in public, because it gives people so much more, there's so many more ways to connect with you. Yeah, and not and not worry so much about oh this has to be very specifically about my product, but just provide value in some sort of way, and people are going to see your name, they'll see your face, and they'll remember your product. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's totally true. Okay, so you come up to this launch, you've got oh, I'm just looking. I gave you some random feedback on the sales page. Oh, this is a piece of feedback I give all the time, and that's to spread out testimonials throughout a sales page rather than doing like a block of testimonials. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, that's that's super common feedback, and then uh, you launch. Yeah, so I'm looking at my campaigns right now. My first, <laughs> this is worse than I thought, Nathan. My first campaign uh, in the launch sequence was March 19th, and the launch day again was March 24th. Okay, so you're five days out from launch. Five days. It wasn't. I thought it was two weeks. I guess not. Yeah. So I. No I, wonder I, actually, I was freaking out. <laughs> yeah, I, I broke up this campaign into two segments, and I sent it to the people that subscribed in 2013, and then also to the people that subscribed in 2014, because I wanted to see if the people that signed up way back in November were going to be the ones that had an, a higher unsubscribe rate. Because they're like, who's this guy? You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't email me. And it, it ended up being not too bad. Like, I guess they were, you know, just fairly loyal. So the unsubscribe rate was pretty even. But the first email I sent out was free video tutorial from Learn Lettering. Okay. So you've got free, you've got video tutorial and the name of the product. So that, that got actually really decent. Like, I wish I had these numbers now, but like 55 to 60% open rate. Nice. I'm pretty happy with that. So then a couple of days later, I said, here's a first look at Learn Lettering. So I just kind of broke down uh, everything that's inside and, you know, told them all of the courses, all of the lessons, things like that. Then I, I follow up with another free video tutorial from Learn Lettering. And then I do Learn Lettering is Live plus 20% discount. And then I did the, like like you do, the last chance with like a couple hours left of the sale. So that was four emails leading up to and announcing the launch and then one email closing the sale. Yep. So five emails in six days. That's right. Did you get any uh, pushback from that or? Yeah. I mean, some of the people that unsubscribed said too many emails as the reason, but they were never going to buy. Right. Yeah. They just wanted more free stuff. And you gave them more free stuff, you know, in those, in oh, those, true. those, you know, 
emails included, they weren't just like, here's what's coming in the product. They also included more lessons and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So before we get into some numbers and details of the launch, um, I still want to, separate from planning the launch, what did you, or how did you put together this entire 10 part video course in roughly 20 days? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, I can't tell you. I don't recommend it. I, I was thinking, I, I don't know what was wrong. I'd never done this before. So I was thinking I can, I can do it in a week. You know, I'll, all I have to do is do, uh, a course a day for the most part. And then on a few days, I'll have to do two courses. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? I ended up working. Uh, I think I have it in my case study somewhere. I want to say it's about 240 hours in 13 days. Wow. And the last day I worked for some 30 to 40 hours straight just through the launch. I mean, this is, this was not healthy. <laughs> Well, I learned a lot of things. Yeah. But at the same time, you got an amazing amount of work done. You launched an entire course and you could have easily worked on this probably a decent amount of time every single day for like three months and gotten the same amount done. I think there definitely is something to giving yourself a short deadline, maybe not quite that short, but, yeah. um, and then just setting it up so that you have no choice but to just batch through everything. And like you said, the course is going to have a very similar feel because you shot it all at once. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, I, I was—I've never been so focused in my entire life, and I've already put the date out there. Like in my mind, th there's there's just there's not even the option of saying, "Oh, I didn't hit the date." Like we're talking, th this is fifteen thousand subscribers, but there's there's way more people that know about this that that know when I'm launching. There, there was no way I was going to let them down. Yeah. Yep. That's good. And for every new product that I've launched, I've been scrambling to get it done up until the very end. Like for my first book, the, the App Design Handbook, uh, the guys at Gumroad were helping me upload files um, and working out some issues at one in the morning the night before the launch, you know, and then it was launching at like 6 a.m. or whatever. Which, by the way, 6 a.m. is not a good launch time, but that's another <laughs> another discussion. Uh, my, my rule now is, like, I'll allow three times the amount of time that you think you need. Yes. Oh, yeah. So true. Though I will say that in the future, when you relaunch an existing product, those launches can be so easy and relaxed. Like, yeah. R remind, me, remind us to get to that relaunching. Okay. Yeah, that's right, because you... you uh, did a little bit with that recently. Yeah, we're getting a little ahead. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about the launch. Launch day, numbers, sales, details, all that. Okay. So I launch to, um, I, I think it was about 15,000. Let me scroll down, make sure I've got the right numbers here. Yeah. Okay. 15,380. And the open rate was 40%. And, okay, I don't know how you want me to reveal this. <laughs> I guess, okay, I'll, I'll reveal it like I experienced it. I that launched. good. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. I launch, and the, the product is, it, it's set at $250, but for the launch day, it's at 199 
-hmm. So it, it's got a discount. You've got 24 hours to get this. That's the push. That's on the top tier, the masterclass. So later on, the, the breakdown between who buys the masterclass, who buys the intermediate and the starter, it, it ends up being a lot more different. But because of this push, it was it was some 80 plus percent of the people that bought a course or bought a class bought the masterclass. So within 30 minutes of launch, $10,000 in revenue. Wow. Within an hour and a half of launch, $20,000 in revenue. Three and a half hours, 30000 Six hours, 40000 50000 60000 All said and done in the first 24 hours, 81412 Wow. I just remember you and I, we had a Skype chat, chat open during this time. And I just had like, every time you'd give me this update, I would just have like this stupid happy grin on my face because it, <laughs> it's just, it just such incredible numbers. So I, I was beside myself. I had, yeah, no idea what to expect. So it was pretty, pretty incredible. So you're at over $80,000 in sales. In yeah, in hours. 24 hours, and I hit six figures in the first 72 hours. Yeah. So things do, you know, the, the rate of sales does taper off um, or, I guess, drop off fairly quickly, and that's to be expected with, with launch because things that you do, like you sent a reminder email. Did you see a big spike in sales with it when that reminder email went out? Yeah, I did. I got a little bit more. Um, and, and speaking of speaking of revenue breakdown, um of the total 80,000, 60,000 of it was from the email list. Okay. So, you know, the, wow. there is there is some uh, element of virality, like people sharing on Twitter or Facebook. And I ended up getting 20,000 from that in, in the first day. But 60,000 of it, of the 80, was from the email list. Yeah, those are good numbers to know. Email just converts so well. It's amazing. But but like like you were asking, um, so the the first email, the the learn lettering is live. That email generated forty five thousand, and then the last chance email, which I have going to everyone except the people that have bought from me. So I I have integrations with Mailchimp that uh, it's their e commerce three sixty. I can tell who's bought. So I subtract those people from the last chance email, and that generated about fifteen thousand in revenue. Nice. Totally worth sending that that last email. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the unsubscribe rate was still a fraction of a percent. Yeah, that that's great. So, you you do this huge launch. Um, yeah, I'm still just blown away by these numbers. It's it's so fantastic. Um, and then, well, what were you expecting from the launch? You're a person who sets goals. What was your goal? Let's see. I, I had I had projections. <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what it was because it's all it's all like a blur now, you know. Mm -hmm. I okay. So I was thinking, worst case, if if this just totally flops, I'm thinking twenty thousand dollars. Right. So I had these rough ideas in mind, and I said probably you know realistically, I can I can make thirty five. And what I was really hoping for, like if this is going to be an awesome launch, I'm hoping that I get fifty thousand. And I am I am talking about within the first day, mm -hmm. not ever, but you know, the actual launch. So I'm thinking, okay, hopefully, hopefully 50,000 like that. That's what I would love to see. And I think what, what, what did I make that in? Like the first, uh, I don't remember how many hours it, it was just crazy. It was a crazy day. Yeah. And, and we should point out to people listening who are, uh, maybe envious or 
blown away by these numbers that you did have an email list of 15,000 people. And Very so, true. You know, keep that in mind that uh, your, the size of your launch is going to have a, a huge correlation to the size of the audience you're launching to. Not to mention, just if we want to kind of even out these numbers a little bit, I, I built my own platform. So I, I built my own course uh, system on my own website, paid a developer to do this and, you know, bought, um, I, I bought like several thousand, <clears throat> excuse me. I bought like several thousand dollars worth of video, uh, gear mm-hmm. when I had less than $10,000 in my bank. So like I'm, I'm investing hardcore all yeah. said and done. It was, it was over $20,000 of investment before I had launched this. So when I'm thinking like, if this is a flop, I make 20,000, I'm not really making 20,000. I, I would be breaking even. Right. And that'd be breaking. Yeah. Breaking even on hard costs. Right. Um, so that, that brings up an interesting point. You stopped doing, it was 2013 when you stopped doing your, uh, your consulting work, right? Yes. That, and you said the beginning of 2013. Right. And yeah, you saved, spring. You saved up your $15,000 or so. Um, you didn't launch, you had six months of revenue. You didn't launch for a year. What, what happened during that time? What, what was well, going on money wise? Um, did you have to, you know, fill in some gaps? Yeah. Talk about that. Well, the good thing is I had products at that point. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd been making products. So I, I saved up enough money so that if not a single person bought a product for me, that I would be fine for six months. Got but it. I was, I was able to get by longer than the six months. I, I didn't know how long I'd be able to last, but fortunately, you know, we're, we're, we're just living very, very simply just paying our bills, not, not going out to eat, nothing like that. So I, I'm just, you know, barely getting by, which I'm fine with cause I'm, I'm investing, but I was getting a little, just kind of like a trickle of revenue from the products, which, you know, physical products, like you've got, you have to, you have to make the products, you have to ship the products. There's a lot of costs involved, mm-hmm. but there was, there was enough profit to sustain me for a few extra months and still be able to pay bills during that time. So like during that time, you know, how much profit are the, the prints and the t-shirts and that kind of thing bringing in say each month? I want to say it was between a thousand and $2,000, okay. but you know what, that, that, that those might be gross numbers too, though. So I mean, it wasn't a lot, mm-hmm. but it, it's enough to. So it's like a a profitable hobby. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So let's talk about after the launch. Oh, actually, another question that I want to know: um, What does your wife think through all of this? Oh my goodness! Like, what does she think when you say, "Hey, we're not going to go out to eat for the next year because <laughs> I want to." save all this money and not do contract work. And then what does she think all through the launch? Okay. So maybe unexpected answer. This kind of goes back to when we were married and I, at the time, I, so I've been self-employed for a good 10 years or a dozen years. When we got married four years ago, I was in the process of starting up the web firm and I told her, Hey, you know, this is going to be a big investment. I'm going to be working a lot of hours. I'm putting money into this to, to get traction. You know, it's not like I'm, rolling in the money. Like, are you sure you want to get married right now? And she said she was on board. She understood she was supportive. And so we, we just, we just dove in and, you know, she'll be the first to say this. 
she she doesn't see things the same way that I do. She doesn't have the same kind of long-term vision. So it, it's not, it, it basically, it really wasn't real. None of this investment for, for a good three or four years, none of it was really real until the launch day for her. So it was kind of just built on trust. Mm-hmm. And so like we... We were, we were always focused on living simply, living within our means. So when I say we didn't go out to eat, uh, that wasn't really different from normal. <laughs> it, it wasn't like, hey, can we not go out to eat for half a year? It was like, can we continue to live simply like we're already living? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it just goes to show that if you keep all your personal finances and that kind of thing in line, you're able to do things like you know, work for six months on a year to, or to build an audience and put out a really great product. And you know, part of, part of that six months, cause that sounds super long. I know it sounds long to a lot of people for some reason, I can't give you a logical answer for some reason. I, I decided when I faced out of client work, in addition to making these courses, cause remember that's going to be easy. I can do that in a few days. Apparently <laughs> I'm going to start a podcast. I'm not going to just start any podcast. I'm going to start a twice a week podcast. And I, I don't have any I don't have any logical reason for you other than I really wanted to help especially designers mm-hmm. um, just just grow in their professionalism because I just see rampant unprofessionalism in this industry. They're getting they're getting trampled on by clients. They feel like they're the victim. And I, I want to kind of empower them and tell them, you know what, that a lot of these things you're complaining about are things that are your responsibility. And I want to help you see how it's your responsibility and how you can kind of take hold of that. And I felt like while I was in client work, I, would, I wouldn't have been able to be as objective about those things until I kind of came out of it and I wasn't in the middle of it and I could, I could speak objectively about it. So I phase out of client work and I'm kind of excited that I now have this, this freshness to be able to talk about design work in our industry. And so I started a podcast, so that, that probably kind of delayed things a bit longer, but ultimately... Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's been super awesome. And I think that probably helped a bit in terms of the launch as well, because, you know, I shared the the journey as I went. Right. Yeah, that definitely does. So after the launch, did you go out and celebrate at all? So my, my friend, uh, he, he's kind of been helping me during the planning. He would kind of keep me accountable. Like, Hey, did you do course five today? Cause that's on the schedule. Uh, we decided we were going to have a quote rolling in the money party. And for some reason, for some reason we never did. Oh, that's disappointing. I think I just kept working or something. (laughs) So then, um, what, what did the next couple months look like? And then maybe you can, uh, draw that into a discussion about relaunching. Right. So I, I decided to kind of take it easy during the next few months. I was still doing the podcast, but uh, the, the big goal was I want to write this book and I I'm going to use the, this launch revenue to support myself to write this book. So basically 2014 was my year of no's just telling everyone, no, no, I'm not going to speak at your conference. No, I'm not going to go to Ireland to, <laughs> to speak at your event. No, I'm not going to take on this client that is a household name. No, just no to everything because I'm going to carve out this time to write my book. And that, so that, that's what I did. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not done with it yet. I'm maybe 20 to 30,000 words in, uh, unedited. I still have a lot of work left, but simultaneously 
I, I, I compromise and I let a little yes in and I'm doing a major overhaul of my website, which is like a three month project. So it's kind of right now it's been like the website and the book is, is the main focus. But what I also realized is, so I launched Learn Lettering at $250. I sold a, a huge amount in the beginning on the first day, but after that, it still did pretty well. So are, are you okay with me sharing real revenue numbers for the months following? Oh, please do. Okay, so very end of March, right? March 24th, we launch. That's when the six figures, right? Then the spike just drops, you know, way down, way down. Um, I, I had no idea what to expect after that. But the reason I, reason I point out that it's at the end of March is the numbers I'm about to tell you are for April. So they don't include anything from the launch. Okay. In April... Um, I'm just going to give you uh, the, my, my total numbers because I, I don't have the specific learn lettering numbers in front of me, but it basically includes like product sales and uh, a couple subscriptions to my community, which those are basically negligible. But the total is $30,000 in the month following the launch. And then in the month after that, which was May, it went down to 20000 Okay. And then in June, which was last month, it would have closed at about 18000 So we're looking at 30, 20, 18. So, I mean, it's still very, very sizable, but, you know, you can see a little bit of a taper. And honestly, it was better than I even expected. But at the end of June, I decided I was going to increase the price of Learn Lettering because I'd been getting so much feedback of people saying, this is just incredibly valuable. I, I can't. People are telling me they would pay more. They're just offering that information. I'm well, like, okay. Yeah, so t tell the story about uh, with your packages and the price and purchasing multiple. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So this guy, he buys, he buys all three classes. So the top tier, it includes all the material that's in the intermediate and starter classes, but he buys all three. He buys a master class and an intermediate class and a starter class. And it's, you know, three or four hundred dollars. And, you know, he didn't he didn't say anything. It wasn't like, oh, I accidentally purchased this stuff. I just happened to be looking through my reports. I'm like, this guy just bought all of them. So I reach out to him and I say, hey, actually, the master the master class includes all of the other stuff. You don't have to buy each of them. And he goes, oh, well, like, go have a steak dinner or something like this stuff is awesome. <laughs> he didn't even ask for a refund. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Okay. So that 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 combined with other people saying I would right. pay way more for this, I was like, okay, I, I'm I'm ready to raise the price of learn lettering, and I did some basic calculations, and I I figured that I could probably get about a hundred sales, kind of pushing once more for this. Hey, last chance to get it at the price it's been for three months that you thought was not good, and I know you're going to buy now. Last chance to get it at this before the price goes up. I figured I could probably get about 100 people. And then um, considering that, let's say, let's say I, I'm being a little too aggressive and this is priced too high and maybe it deters some people in the future. Let's say it deters 10% of the people in the future. Well, I would still end up coming out about 24000 on top in the whole year if I raise the price. Right. And I said, okay, well, what if it deters 20% of the people? And I think it, I was still coming out in the five figures on top if I raised the rates, even if it was deterring people. And so I went ahead and did this. And it turns out I was, I was spot on in my projections. And I ran a little campaign. I basically said, hey, 
the price is going up. Here it is, you know, have at it. And I did one more last chance email. So I ran this 24 hour promotion and that resulted in $26,000 in revenue. In the, over the, that 24 hours, over the 24 hours on top of the $18,000 that had already been done in June. Exactly. Wow. So that was, you know, whatever that totals between 40 and 50,000 for June with that last promotion. And, and it's still, people still continue to buy it. So now the price is two ninety nine. People still buy it at that rate. Mm-hmm. They're not even blinking. And I had one guy say, look, I, when you raise the rate, so this is really funny because I filtered out the campaign, right? I'm not bothering the people that had already bought the course. So I filtered out the people that had bought it. Well, it turns out this one guy, something was confused. He used multiple emails or the e-commerce data wasn't transmitted. He bought the course and he still got this campaign saying, hey, go buy the course. I'm like, oh, no, he's going to be upset. And he was all excited. He's like, I'm glad to see it's doing so well. I'm like, why did you even get this campaign? And he's like, I'm glad to see it's doing so well. He's like, honestly, I was surprised when you raised the price. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And he's like, I, I was thinking it would be more like 1000 or 1500 And I'm like, oh. And he starts to compare it to college tuition. Right. And he, he breaks it down. And, and he, he picks local community colleges to me. Uh, and, and starts look, comparing the tuition. And it, when you break it down, he, he, he sent this like screenshot of a spreadsheet. He took the time to break it down and was like, look, you've got all these courses, all these lessons. It translates to this many credit hours. And when you compare, the difference was like at college, it was $72 per credit hour. However, he broke it down. And, and for me, it was like $16, even with the price increase. Wow. Well, and, and I'm just thinking... It's been a while since I went to college, but uh, I was paying, you know, at at a state university, like $300 per credit. And so that's like, I I was paying like $900 to $1,200 per class I took. And my guess, well, actually, I took design classes in college. And your course is so much better than any design class that I took in college. And so, so that's a great comparison to make. And, and you know what? He was totally right, too. I, I said, you know, what? if I sold this for four ninety seven, I guarantee you that people will still buy it. I'll have no problem selling this. But the reason that I don't, the reason that I'm not going to is because I'm thinking long term here. So I've got more in the works. I've got more stuff that I want to put out there. I, I have I have things in mind that will dwarf learn lettering and scale. And so I'm thinking super long term here. And if I if I get people in, I want to make this like a no-brainer. I want to provide 10 or 20 times the value of the cost that they're paying in this course. I want it to be a no-brainer because I, I want them to kind of come into my ecosystem. I want to show them that I have more value to provide. And ultimately, we're talking about the lifetime value of a customer. Mm-hmm. And the people that have bought from you are going to be a lot more likely to buy from you again. Yeah, that's so true. So the first launch went well. The relaunch was totally worth doing. And you now, every three to six months, obviously, uh, you know, raising the price is a motivation, but you could add a new lesson if you wanted. And and six months from now, relaunch the course. And just being in touch with your email list and that kind of thing would drive at least another $20,000, $25,000. It's a great point. You you have that ability now every uh Every six months or so, you do a little work. Right. That's just that's the value of of having an audience who 
knows that they learn incredible things every time they give you money. Yeah. So it seems crazy. Like, wow, you saved up all this money and you spent six months of your time unpaid to make this. But now look, like I can, I I could basically, what I did was I generated $25,000 in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. You kind of pull the marketing levers, but basically you, you put together some campaigns and send them out and, and there, there you have some money, right? Yeah, because when I mean, we talked about how that that first launch was an insane amount of work, you know, but that second launch that wasn't so much work, was it? Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> you could you could have done that second launch. I don't know how long you spent on it, but you could have done it in an hour out of that twenty four hours. Yeah, well, you know, I like to overachieve, but it still wasn't very. <laughs> it wasn't too much time. Uh, yeah. so, so, something I want to point out though is, I did this without discounting. And I know that's what a lot of people like to do when their product slows down. They're like, well, I'll just run a promotion on it. I'll sell it for super cheap. And this is a controversial topic, so I'm not going to get super deep on it. But personally, I'm, I'm not a big fan of discounting. I have this full price or free mentality. So I, I find it frustrating as a customer who is a loyal follower, a loyal subscriber who's an early purchaser of someone's product. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it as soon as it's available because I'm loyal. Well, when a month or two from now when you're getting, uh, you know, not as many sales and you want to kind of get boost the revenue a little bit and you run this deal somewhere, it's kind of frustrating to me as an early adopter. And just, again, I'm not, not trying to say that you can't do this or that you shouldn't do this. But from my perspective, I really want to reward loyalty. That's huge for me because... The, the people that buy early from me, those are the loyal people, and I want to reward those people. So yeah. I did this without discounting. I increased the price, which it rewards the early adopters all the more. Yeah, I love that approach of saying, uh-oh, sales are dropping off. We could use another spike. Let's increase the price rather than running a sale. Because <laughs> you, you're kind of right. You need to do something with the course. You need to decrease the price, increase the price, or increase the amount of, of content, you know, add another lesson or something like that in order, you know, to, to have that spike. And so, I like yeah. And the, the more effort, the, the more effort you put into creating a valuable product and the more buffer you give yourself, the more headroom you have to increase your price and still make sales. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, I mean, you have to be honest, the, the cheapest price you've sold your product for is technically what it's worth yeah it's true i mean you're you're saying that when you sell something because you're setting the price right yeah yep you're telling people that's what it's worth nice i i love the story this i you know i've shared a little bit of it on my blog before but i'm thrilled that we we had this chance to deep dive into you know, what you've created over the last year and your launch numbers and, um, Oh, you know what we didn't touch on? I see. I'm totally interrupting your conclusion. The $1,000 email, the $1,000 email. Do you remember that? Okay. So I'll explain when Nathan came back with this breakdown of packages and I read his email, (laughs) I I read that email. As soon as I finished reading it, I said, I could give him a thousand dollars for that email. This email probably took him five minutes to write, but it's not about the time that it took to write. It's about the value that I got from it. And I said, I could give him $1,000 for this email. 
And you know what? You you launched your Mastering Product Launches course. And I, I didn't even, <laughs> I hardly even read the, the sales page. I just, I scrolled down until I found one of your packages that was $9.99 and I just bought it. <laughs> All sold based on an email that uh, had what, uh, what to you was $1,000 worth of advice. It just goes to show the value of the right information in the right person's hands mm-hmm. at the right time. Yep. Yeah, that's that's what was really fun about discussing this launch with you beforehand is I knew that that the right ideas would have a lot of leverage with you. Cuz if, you know, if you get the perfect pricing and packages um to someone who's launching to an email list of say 300 people, it's going to make a difference. But it's not going to make, you know, a th- thousands of dollars or $10,000 worth of a difference. So, so yeah, I like that story. <laughs> well, th- thanks for your part in the story, Nathan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. My, like the best for anyone who's written, you know, uh, training advice, um, like like for me, you know, on writing an ebook or pricing or packaging or design, anything like that. And in your case, lettering. The best gift that a customer can give is taking that training and putting it in action and then being like here's what here's what i did and so i imagine you love it when people when you see lettering done by people who have taken your class and i love it when i see launches done by people who have read my book oh it's so awesome cool well sean where can people find more about you find the podcast the course the t-shirts all of this give some best Best place to go is seanwest.com. It's got everything there. You can go to seanwest.com slash podcast and you can get my podcast there. The book I'm writing is uh, The Overlap Technique and that's at overlaptechnique.com. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Nathan. That concludes episode three. As always, you can find the show notes at nathanberry.com slash episode three. And in there, you also see the very first t-shirt that Sean sold on his site, as well as uh, some other links and everything else. You can do me a favor, go there, click through to the iTunes store, write a review. That really helps out uh, getting this podcast to more people. And uh, I'll see you in the next episode.